Hello and welcome to Reimagining Education, a podcast from Michigan International Prep School. I am Eric Van Houten. And I'm Roy Silvis. And we have been talking about for a few episodes and we'll continue talking about effective grading practices, how we can improve, how we can reform um, and help students learn better. So today we are talking about excluding student behaviors. And I'm going to let you run with it. Roy, what does that mean? <laughs> well, uh, we find when you look at grading practices in previous years that um, teachers with really, really good intentions, um, wanting students to demonstrate certain behaviors, will then penalize them in their grade for not having the appropriate behaviors to be successful. So, two quick examples would be like late work. So, a student turns it in late or doesn't turn it in at all. And then the, stu- the, the purpose of getting a zero is you didn't do the assignment or you turned it in late. And if you think just about the late work, teachers will say, well, you know, why, why should they get the full grade on anything that they were supposed to turn in on time? Okay, so let's unpack that a little bit. There's a lot there. And... In a previous podcast, we talked about the, the not including zeros because it distorts the grade. Well, in this case, this is related to this because there's two factors here. You have academic performance, and then the teacher has included this idea that, well, they shouldn't be rewarded when they didn't do the behavior of being on time. Okay, well, what happens with that then is you distort the grade, and you're trying to teach the student something, but the question then becomes, did you teach that student the expectations of the behavior. Mm. So if you're expecting students to be responsible, but in your school or in your particular class, did you let them know in advance that you, number one, are holding them accountable and you're going to measure their level of responsibility, but did you even teach them what you meant by that? Mm. So a lot of cases you'll find it's kind of an it's kind of one of those accepted things in public ed and in the United States, and that is, you know, you're late, you get a zero. Well, there could be multiple reasons that it's late. Some could be very, very legitimate. So another one uh, is is plagiarism, for example. Mm. Students, you know, they their behavior was they did something dishonest. They took someone else's work, claimed it to be their own. And so that's a behavior. Like, no, that's wrong. You shouldn't do that. So we'll give you a zero. Well, couple of things here to unpack with that one. Again, you're distorting their academic grade. Mm. The purpose of that assignment could be have a couple different purposes, but number one, it's either practice. You're having them go out and do an assignment so you can give them feedback because they're demonstrating where they are in their understanding of the content. They're demonstrating how well they can uh, do the skills, or it might be an end of learning you know, assignment, maybe a writing assignment. You see this a lot in ELA when they have to write you know, papers. And so the key thing is then with plagiarism, for example, if, if you're, and I'll tell you every, every teacher's making sure students understand what plagiarism, I trust that for sure. That's one, that's one of the behaviors they make clear, especially in ELA, because that's part of the learning that has to come out. But if the performance on that assignment, if that purpose of that assignment was for practice to get feedback or 
end of summative, like you're done, you're, this is end of learning and this is your performance, and they plagiarize, and you give them a zero, it completes, completely distorts it. Then when you, the grade comes in, you go, well, what, was that, what does that tell me about their learning and their performance of the course? So we have to remove those behaviors from that. Um, so how, what, what might that look like? Well, you have two things. You have the, the defining of the behaviors in and of themselves for your course or your school. I, I recommend that the entire school would do this, that they would be upfront. We see a lot of schools doing this. There's a lot of schools that are out there doing this. We're doing this here at MIPS. Um, we are moving in that direction. I'll talk about that in just a second. But um, there are schools moving in that direction where they're defining uh, behaviors, behavioral expectations, and some are on the cutting edge saying, and you're going to be evaluated on those behaviors. Mm. And it's going to be a separate grade, a separate mark, a separate indicator of how well you perform those behaviors that's going to be separate from your academic grade. So in the case of late work, one, you got to investigate and find out what's happening with late work and see if there's a pattern of behavior there. But the student would be evaluated on their level of responsibility in meeting deadlines and negotiating deadlines in a separate grade other than academic. If a student turns a paper in late, in that case, yeah, it's late, and they can still get a score in their academic performance that's accurate based on how well they did, even though it didn't meet the deadline. But then over here, in the behavioral grade, that's where uh, there would be performance level indicators to say, for example, uh, student is often on time in turning in assignments, mm. right? So then yeah. that grade tells me, oh, oh, so they're at the three level because they're pretty good about meeting deadlines, but there's times they don't meet deadlines, right? It could be something like that. Say that phrase again, performance level indicators. Nice. So it's, that's going to be a whole episode. Isn't it, it is another yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that one too. That's kind of front loading some of the things we're going to be covering. Mm -hmm. So the thing is to really separate out the solution to all of this and getting behaviors. One, you got to teach the behaviors. Mm. You got to have them outlined and understood, and kids need to know in advance here's what the expectations are. And you can't cover all of them. Okay. So, for example, if you think giving zeros to kids when they don't turn in something or they turn it in late is a way to teach them responsibility, it's kind of backwards thinking. That's not, that's a demotivator. Mm. So, you have to, when you separate that out and then you use real world examples and you tie it to their life outside of the classroom for the skill of, for example, when we say responsibility, what do we mean? Well, let's unpack that. What does responsibility look like? And, and the school, or at least the teacher, would lay that out and have that as a teaching point, hmm. a deliberate, intentional teaching point to talk about responsibility and what it does for a young person to understand that conceptually and to apply it to their life with the idea that ultimately, if you're responsible, you're taking care of yourself, you're taking care of the things around, you're taking care of property, you're respecting other people, that's part of responsibility, however you want to unpack that, then you're you're being intentional about letting them know what that is. Now you can evaluate them on it, hmm. but you have to teach them first and let them practice. So when a kid is late, it's a different conversation. Say, well, you didn't turn this in, you get a zero. It's a matter of, hey, what's going on? What's going on? And over time, students will tell you, well, yeah, last night I had a game and I didn't plan ahead to, to get this assignment done. And then we got back at 10 o'clock and by the time we got back, I was tired. I didn't feel like doing it, so I chose not to do it. Oh, <laughs> so what are you going to do different next time? Mm. 
the, you're putting it on the student to have that kind of, now we're talking more maybe maybe upper elementary but definitely middle school into high school having these conversations k2 k3 may, you know, it's obviously going to be a, look a little bit different in those yeah. conversations um but it's the idea of being deliberate in teaching the behaviors and having a separate grade for them so that um the academic grade is more accurate about their academic performance and then we have a separate grade or mark that indicates where they are behaviorally yeah and so we at MIPS, um, the mentor team under the uh, leadership of the director of mentors, Logan Dean, uh, started this process and they were working with it. And on my side with curriculum, uh, these competencies, we have some educators that are working on building curriculum for MIPS and outlining these competencies. And so that when we are teaching our own courses that are MIPS courses, uh, they are deliberate about teaching these uh, competencies and what do we mean by that for example responsibility and what are some essential skills so this has kind of come together and where we're at is skills for life and I don't know mm. if you're going to have any podcasts on those in the development oh, for of sure. that. yeah for sure uh, but they that team um, that I was a part of has done a great job really saying what is MIPS going to do about skills for life what because those are not they're not new We've talked about skills for life or job skills or soft skills. They have a lot of different labels. Mm -hmm. For years, the key thing is, is that each organization has to define the ones they want to be intentional about. And that's what we're doing, and it'll help us move in that direction so that our academic grades are accurate and then eventually someday have some type of skills for life grade. And then we tie that to all of our um, marketing and putting that on our report cards so uh, or transcripts. So when a university or an employer gets transcript, they can look and see that there's some meaningful teaching and assessment behind that. I love that. And as a mentor, well, not only am I a mentor, and that's our conversations every day of, hey, I noticed your grade dropped a little bit. What's, what's going on at home? Or why did this happen? Or why didn't we... Why are we able to do a whole day of schoolwork on Tuesday? Something like that. Mm -hmm. But not only that, I also am putting the website together for the mentor skills. So I yes, get this double are. dosage of it. And this is, yeah. it is an amazing concept. Now, this is a lot of, a lot of new information, I would say. So I, as you know, like to make things boil down to something succinct, right? Yep. So what I'm hearing, one of the first things I heard, um, just so there's something that I could take away, uh, you know, the catchphrases, right? The One of the things that I heard at the beginning was, if you want to have behavior affect grade, any grade, you have to teach that behavior. Is that accurate? Yeah, it is. Okay. Whether you want to include it in the academic grade, which I would not recommend, yeah. you have to be deliberate in teaching those. Yeah. You got to let them know up front that you're evaluating them on that, which means you're then going to teach them. Which is behaviors. why every syllabus that you'll get in college has a plagiarism policy on it. Because they can't say, well, you should have known better. They say, here's your evidence. Now you're tested on it. Something like that. So is there anything else that you would say, like a core, a core statement, a core phrase about behavior that you'd want people to leave with? Just like a, a one line of this is what it boils down to. I think it's being realistic in K-12 education that we make clear to students 
what the behavioral expectations are. And we do that a lot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I think we got to level up and be even more intentional and evaluate them, which means that we're then going to take specific time and teach them. Leveling it up. It's not that it's not happening, because it is, but we need to level it up and make sure it's not part of the academic grade. I love that. And this isn't just a, an elevator pitch for for MIPS either, but that is really something special about MIPS is we have designated a designated person that meets one-on-one with every single student mm-hmm. for this purpose. We call it a mentor. In a lot of schools, the teacher has to play both roles. The teachers here do play both roles, but we also have mentors to ensure that this happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so not a pitch for MIPS, but something that I think MIPS is doing incredibly well and continues to improve. So um, this is an uplifting podcast because it's really affirming to what to what we do and what I do every day. So Absolutely. Well, Roy, uh, anything else at all? I didn't want to cut you off there, but... No, I think that sets the stage with the whole idea of, you know, separating out behavior from your academic grade. And that's the big takeaway is if educators listen to this, then am I impacting the academic grade by behaviors? And if I am, probably should stop doing it because it distorts an academic grade and indicator of a student's academic performance can this go both ways this is just kind of like a tie on anything can this go both ways like um this is a student that is really kind to the teacher and brings in the apple so he gets extra credit like <laughs> yeah okay. oh yeah yeah there's that too you're rewarding some good behavior right kleenex boxes whatever that distorts the grade as well it becomes completely arbitrary at that yeah, at that does. point too so yeah anyways just a, a quick thought but roy thank you so much for for explaining all of that and i'm excited to keep going deeper on on these grading episodes i am too and again thanks for having me thanks roy reimagining education is brought to you by michigan international prep school If you'd like to learn more about us and what we do, head to our website at miprepschool.org. That's miprepschool.org. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We will talk to you soon.